Hi everyone. As we are fully entrenched in summer here in Southern Ontario, we are bringing you summer reruns for the months of July and August. I have picked some of our most viewed podcasts and running them again for you to enjoy, either for the first time or maybe again. As always, you can listen to all past episodes either on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple and Spotify, or you can go to my website where you'll find them all there for you as well. We are working on some exciting stuff here at Life Lessons Unlimited, so check our website, lifelessons.ca, or find me on social media at Life Lessons Unlimited or at Butterfly Lessons. I hope you enjoy this week's rerun episode. Good morning, everyone. Well, it's morning when I'm recording this with my lovely guest today, uh, Ashley Trivajo. Did I pronounce that right, Ashley? Trivajo. Trivajo. That <laughs> yes. sounds even better. <laughs> Ashley is a busy mompreneur of two small kids and mortgage age and a mortgage agent. Almost a year into her journey as a first time mother, Ashley felt as though she had an undiagnosed postpartum depression and anxiety. Months into 2020, note that date, (laughs) after her daughter was born, she took the leap into seeking help. Two high-risk pregnancies later, coupled with fear, a few months of being on Zoloft and the battles of parenting in a pandemic, Ashley has come to see the power of discussing the challenges and struggles moms face everywhere. And her quote, I love this, a better me physically and mentally means the whole house is better. Welcome, Ashley. Hi. I'm Thanks so, for having me. so happy to have you here to discuss this really, really important topic that sadly is not discussed enough and, you know, affects so many women out there. So I really appreciate your courage to come on and tell your story and to help other people with, with your story. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's so important, right? Um, mental health, um, and most specifically, what we're talking about today is maternal mental health. It just it's so important to talk about. We have to break those stigmas, knock down those barriers, because a lot of us think we're alone, but we're not. <laughs> For sure, absolutely. So your journey really started. Well, th- tell us about your little kitties and how old they are, and and kind of when your real journey into this part kind of started sure um so I have two kids um my son was born in 2017 and my daughter was a 20 a very very pre-pandemic 2020 baby um so really what I think even for me um a lot of my journey was probably prenatal I even want to say I was considered a high-risk pregnancy um so that alone um brings its own stresses and fears um both my kids were delivered at Mount Sinai so you know just even when uh, in 2017 when I was working trying to schedule my appointments to get downtown Toronto from 
from Oshawa and well actually at the time we were living in Pickering but still just even that whole commute um it was very stressful I with my first I also had um gestational diabetes so some days there would be weeks I'd go visit an endocrinologist at Mount Sinai one day then the next day I was downtown again to go see my OB like it just was non-stop so I think um that alone was very stressful going into my, so both my kids were planned C-sections because of my high risk. Uh, with my son, you know, being a first time mom, I was getting, oh, it was getting close to his delivery date. And I thought, oh gosh, you know, what's going to happen? And I expressed my concerns, like, how's this delivery going to go? And my OB, like, I love her. She's fantastic. But, you know, it literally was like, well, we'll see once we are, we're in there. If anything, Sick Kids is across the road and Toronto General's there. Yes, that's a little reassuring, but it's also very scary to know she also didn't know what, how delivery was going to go. Right. Anyways, our son was born completely, like, very, very healthy. He was born in October 2017. Um, surgery went fine, so there was no concerns there. We were home the standard two days later. Um, I had, a, I had some help right afterwards. Uh, my mom came to help when at the time, um, my husband, my husband's a teacher, but at the time he wasn't permanent yet. So he was still on the supply list. So, you know, he had to take what he could get to get money, right. <laughs> Essentially. So my mom would come and help during the day for the first couple of weeks. Um, they live in Port Hope, so it was commute for her commuting. My um, my in-laws would come in the evenings. My husband also had a part-time job in the evenings too, so it was just it was a lot. Of, like I was thankful for the help, um, but you know sometimes you just you know you want your husband there. But given the circumstances, you do what you got to do, right? Um, so that was October. I want to say like by January or February of I guess 2018, I was like, okay, you know what? I need to get out. I need to start meeting people you know I'm healed from my c-section because you know they typically say six weeks give mm -hmm. or take right so I started going out to mom groups um you know just to get out and meet people I was very and I'm, I'm normal that's I'm kind I was very like introverted so I was like really nerve-wracking in itself but mm -hmm. you know I started meeting a lot of moms and got chatting with them and like as like 2018 progressed um you know I got thinking I'm like wow you know, we started sharing stories about, you know, pregnancy experiences or just even postpartum. And it just really made me think, oh, I'm not alone. And just my the thoughts of that I was having, feeling overwhelmed, like all the time, mm -hmm. um, very um, emotional, right? The, the you know, because, yeah. uh, you know, the ups and the downs, like one minute I'd be crying. Then I was like, I felt angry at things right and then it'd be it was just like holy and you know you sometimes you mention to people and sometimes you know they brushed off oh it's just the hormones mm -hmm. and you know again as a first-time mom you think oh okay you know yeah. you just kind of go with it um because there's also like the, this fear if you if you you mention these things yeah. you know the the labels that you might get um yeah I'm gonna <laughs> I mean I know we're on a podcast but air quoting um yeah. you know being crazy or yeah. unstable um mm. you're afraid that maybe someone may like I don't know you, you know again if you're, you're already not in a great mindset your mm. mind goes wild and you think worst case scenario oh my gosh what if someone takes my kid away from me yeah, yeah. um uh, you know uh, like all those thoughts start going through your head 
Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, for sure. And especially when you're in that state of like, how, if someone does have postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety, like your mind goes wild. Um, (laughs) you know, like, um, so yeah, later on in 2018, this was before the 18 month leave. So, you know, then there was more anxiety going, leading up into going back to work. So, um, when I went back to work, my son was 11 months old. So that was really challenging too, right? Being again, like you have all control of everything that has happened in this little human's Mm -hmm. life. And then all of a sudden, you're like here take take mm. care of my kids so that like again created so much anxiety for me mm-hmm. I had like with my job there was a bunch of like cutbacks at the nursing home I was working at so my mm. hours got cut so then I had to go find a new job this is only his second month in I'm trying to find a new job found a said new job um a week into said new job my actually my husband and my son they were in a car accident oh wow yeah the thankfully oh my gosh whatever we believe in whether guardian angels or what have you Mm -hmm. um thankfully they both were fine um the car was written off my son I I have no idea he they got t-bone and my son took all the impact oh um yeah, it was actually Halloween of 2018. I'm gonna re- always remember that date, right? Wow, wow. So wow. again, insert more anxiety, more stress. Um, by Christmas of that year, I had submitted my resignation. We decided working was not working out for us. I was right. just like feeling the emotions, um, and just financially. I mean, daycare is expensive, yeah. and I had to find a job. Well, we thought I had to find a job to pay for that. So again, that was a stress. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah. I know you, Leah, uh, um, with your family. You know, he felt like it was every other week he was sick, <laughs> and yeah. you're paying for the daycare still. Right, exactly. Oh, you yes. shared this we, with your little had that guy. journey with our Ollie, big time. And, you yeah. know, I just want to comment, though, because um, there's so many things here. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I know. I... But way back 100 years ago, not 100 years ago, <laughs> 38 years ago, though, when I had my first child, my son, Matt leave at that point was four months. Like, think about that. Four months. Easy. And I looked and I, I was in a job at the time I didn't really like anyway. So I was looking for that excuse. To not, um, there was no way I looked at this little baby and I thought, no, uh-uh, no, I cannot mm-hmm. leave him with virtual strangers. At the time we were living um, in Brampton and all mm-hmm. of our family and friends were here in, uh, in Ajax or Durham region. And so we had moved out there for my husband's job. Um, and when I had him, I felt so isolated and just like, I didn't have help because my mom didn't drive. So mm-hmm. she wasn't coming out. My dad wasn't going to drive her out, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. whenever. Um, so it was a really hard time for me. And then you couple that with, and, and my, my oldest son was born with a congenital hip displacement. So wow. he had this little brace kind of thing that he had to wear. But anyway, there was like some extra stuff with that. We were in hospital for eight days um, because I, so I had all three of my children were C-sections. So there's that layer as well, of mm-hmm. course. Um, and, and honestly, that had me like, especially with the first one, I felt like a failure. Yeah. 
I felt like, okay, I can't give birth the way, you know what I mean? Like the natural way. Then I had trouble with him. He was severely jaundiced on top of everything else. And so I couldn't breastfeed, which I wanted to do so badly. Right. So I just felt like I really resonate with what you were saying about this fear of what people are going to say. I felt like a failure upon failure upon failure. I have a child who's got, you know, it wasn't a, any kind of severe special need, but extra care with that. And, and, and then being isolated and then, you know, facing this possibility of leaving him with virtual strangers, right? I was like, no, no. And I, I definitely looking back, I mean, at the time, you know, people said to me, I think you have postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I knew it had something to do obviously with postpartum. Um, but I also now, of course, looking back, recognize there were so many other things at play. And for you, wow, that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> Short period of time, right? Mm -hmm. So how yeah. did you, and, and then the staying home thing, I get it because I, I did not, I ended up quitting my job and was a stay at home mom. But then now you're trying to juggle everything on one salary and you have to cut back on things and mm -hmm. is that what your experience was as well yeah I um again like I was just like oh gosh you know now my kid's not going to daycare so yes but I'm also not working so there's always that like I guess like that that feeling bad that I wasn't contributing mm -hmm. you know yeah. and um you know again you hear the like people just have <laughs> so much unsolicited either I'm going to call it advice if you would want to call it or that or comments oh, and nice. a lot of times people that, have a lot but, of opinions <laughs> yes yes and right for and yeah. they don't and yeah a lot of the, what I heard oh I don't know how you can do that I I need to work mm -hmm. and like that just is like it doesn't mean I don't want to it just means this is what, what we my husband and I yeah. <laughs> thought was best for us, not you, yeah. not you, not you, right? Like, right. you know, and yeah, it was challenging. So, like, I kind of took it as kind of a full time job. I know a non job, but you know, I made sure that him and it I is. were out almost every day. It's the hardest day. job on earth. Oh my gosh, <laughs> really? it, it really is. Yeah. And and I was and because I again now that now it's like oh my gosh, he's not around kids. He's not going to mm. know how to socialize. Like so, then there's like the flip side of being a stay-at-home mom there's all this other guilt we deal with for right? sure so it was like we'd go to early on we'd go to this mom group we had a membership to the zoo you know I made sure we were busy 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 mm -hmm. right because the way I took it was like okay well him and I just can't sit here and look at each other all day mm -hmm. because we're gonna go crazy maybe literally maybe figuratively who knows right right um but yeah, we were just busy all the time. And yeah. then so that was 2018. We just, and then I actually, my, my nursing, the job that I was doing at the nursing home, my, I said my hours got cut. They got cut to just Saturdays. So what we did was I was home Monday to Friday and I, then I would work every Saturday to still bring mm -hmm. in some income. Mm -hmm. So, you know, again, it was like that whole people like, oh, you're a stay at home mom. I'm like, well, I am, but I'm not, you know, mm -hmm. like what mm -hmm. you're not seeing is I'm out working on the weekend and my husband's home hanging out with him, right? Like we just kind of, again, well, really honestly, Ashley, the reality is you were working two jobs. Yeah. I mean, this is what, we, <laughs> you know, that misperception of if you're a stay at home mom, 
you're mm-hmm. sitting around eating bonbons and you know an old, we joke this is an old saying i'm aging myself no, I know. But, you My know, husband and watching I joke soap about operas that. and yep. eating bonbons and i remember having feeling like i had to defend myself all the time yeah um because most of my friends had gone back to work or were working mm-hmm. moms right like mm-hmm. in addition to we're all working moms yeah. um we need to find a new term for that i think so <laughs> yeah so here you were really you know working well probably working seven days a week because I'm guessing on Sundays your (laughs) husband didn't do it all right virtually had no days off yeah none no exactly it was just go 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 and yeah that was yeah so that that brought us into 2018 um so yeah my son he'd done about four months of daycare and then I was a stay-at-home mom again stay-at-home working mom let's call it that I guess right yeah yeah, yeah. so then we did that and then you know we we knew we wanted to have a second child but I think you know I was like actually having so much fun right I just felt like this is great like he's getting out we're meeting people Mm. I'm able to connect with other moms like it was really great and then I was still able to work and still felt fulfilled in that aspect too and also feeling like oh I'm 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 contributing financially to the home too right right um so then we were like oh maybe we'll wait another year or two before we actually like try try to have a child Mm -hmm. well (laughs) April April I think was it April April two uh no end of May 2018 we find out we're pregnant with our daughter uh, okay and I'm like okay I guess we're doing this sooner than we thought right? <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right okay we're here we go again right so then the whole um high-risk pregnancy again because uh, I think that was another thing because like it was hard for uh, very difficult for me to go through um physically and mentally but you know my husband it was tough for him too you yeah. know to watch me go through all these tests and and you know he you know he's he's just a very compassionate person too right so it was just tough for him to watch all that so yeah we got through the summer and then um September came and I had um some major heart palpitations going on and um I it, it brought me to the ER and um I, I then I had got in touch with a cardiologist and anyway she was I said oh my gosh you know like and they wouldn't go I, I say heart palpitations and again this it's not pregnancy related a lot of people have again oh are you sure it's not anxiety are you sure it's not this mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. well my heart palpitations would last 17 hours to the wow. point where I'm out of breath walking to the bathroom um yeah so there, I'm like it's not anxiety mm-hmm. <laughs> anxiety heart palpitations don't last that long mm-hmm. so that again that was tough I'm pregnant I'm home with a toddler and this, these things were happening so I'd hope to work my Saturday shifts at least a month or two longer than that but my cardiologist is like nope mm-hmm. you don't need to be working with elderly people and mm-hmm. driving from Oshawa to Scarborough, what if that happens? And, you know, that's scary. That's yes, a very yes. scary thought. Sure. Um, so I was off work as of end of September, 2000, uh, that'd be 2000, no, 2019. Yeah, 2019, yeah. Um, Did you have an actual diagnosis for the heart situation? Well, when I was pregnant, again, I just got brushed off. Oh, you're dehydrated. Oh, it's the pregnancy. Mm. It's this, it's that, okay you guys are the, you know, Mm -hmm. so actually, um, 
last year I had another episode in August and definitely not pregnant and I went to the ER and they they saw that like I was in um uh oh gosh it's s it's the abbreviation is svt oh yeah so um uh uh, it's about ventricular yes thank you super ventricular because our ollie also has had that situation so So i was in that um last year in august and the you know again oh did you try this did you try i've tried everything it's been going on for about eight hours now so and then they had to give me three rounds of adenosine which mm. basically starts stops your heart and then it restarts mm. to mm-hmm. go into um normal rhythm wow so I had that yeah that was a whole other experience because yeah. again it was the pandemic still so my husband basically dropped me off at the ER doors was like let me know what's happening and so that was really like I just I mean I tried to keep my cool but it was still very scary to be in the ER by myself with like hard sure. things happening right for sure yeah yeah for sure <laughs> um yeah so my daughter my daughter came in January 2020 um literally about six days before the first confirmed COVID case was at yeah. Sunnybrook yeah little did we know right again she was healthy we, we were home um this time you know I because of my the way I felt the first time around postpartum I was like, okay, I'm going to make sure I'm a little bit more prepared. And, I, you know, my husband was going to take some time, two weeks off he was going to take. And then my mom was going to step in and start and like help during the day. And, you know, we thought, of course, don't we all think we have life planned out, right? Yeah. Well, my daughter was born on the 20th. The universe laughs at you and goes, ah, here we go. I'm going to watch this. Throw a big curve right? ball into <laughs> yep. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So um, being married to a teacher in 2020 wasn't fun before oh. the pandemic because he was he had to go back to the picket lines or else that was like an unpaid day altogether. Okay. So I'm at home with the newborn and I'm about a week and a half post-c-section with a newborn and a two-year-old and he had to go to the picket lines the first few weeks um about two a a week or maybe a week after my daughter was born my grandmother had fallen and broken her hip so my mom my other support had to like instantly go into caregiving mode in and out of hospitals all that stuff Mm -hmm. so this was mid-february I'm like okay you know I think we'll get through this, you know, but better days are coming, right? Well, right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't need to explain March 2020 hit and the world shut down for literally everyone. I felt like, right. And it was so okay. At first, again, being married to a teacher, everything's kind of like my timelines based on a lot of their their timeline, because I call it the March break that never ended. Yes, right. Because I swear it was literally like the Thursday or Friday before the March break. And they made this announcement. Oh, March break is going to be two weeks. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. I kind of was like, okay, cool. I have you for an extra week. Yeah. And then as we all know, it just kind of kept going. But so then my, our life was pivoted to said newborn, two-year-old. And now my husband is virtually teaching grade one in our house. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Wow. It was a little nutty, <laughs> to say the least. Mm. But um, I also decided, you know, well, it's kind of a not so great situation. Why not try and find some positives in it? 
And I decided to take my mortgage agent course. I started that in April, again, not anticipating what this pandemic was going to bring for everyone. August, I took my exam, passed that. September, I got licensed with a brokerage. And I was thinking, oh yeah, I'm going to start this new business and life is going to be back to normal. Again, September 2020 life is far from normal for anyone. Mm -hmm. So uh, at that point I had what, a nine year, nine month old, a nearly three year old. I'm launching a brand new business as an entrepreneur and my husband's virtually teaching again. (laughs) Oh, a lot on the plate, Ashley. (laughs) I know. I, I, uh, looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, how'd I know then? What do I know now? So I think for me, and it was about July of 2020. Yeah, I was just like, oh my gosh, I, I just wasn't myself. And I knew it, you know, it was like some days I was just like, again, the mood swings up and down, up and down, up and down. Um, but it was also sometimes like, I felt like I was like this outer body thing. Like, I'm like, that's not me. Who is mm-hmm. that? Yeah. Um, and I, I broke down to my husband. I said, something's going on. Like I have, I was like, I don't know if it's postpartum. I don't know what it is. And so I was like, I, I can't, I have to, I have to do something about this. I can't just throw it under the rug. So I ended up calling a, a doctor. I, I, it was one of those virtual, you know, again, everything was so virtual, new and virtual then. Yeah, yes. And I, I made, I, luckily she was a very lovely doctor and she's like, okay, well tell me what's going on. I basically, what I just told you, okay, this has been my last year. Like, well, not even year, last 10 months. No, I guess eight months at that point. And she just said, Ashley, you have postpartum anxiety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you have a lot happening. Mm-hmm. And then of course, the pandemic just exacerbated everything too at that point I was like okay and she proposed to me I she goes you know tell me what you think but I was thinking it'd be a good idea to put you on a low dose Zoloft because I was nursing my my daughter so she Mm -hmm. you know she did it so it was like the safest dose Mm -hmm. like it should just take off that edge a little bit and I said you know what let's do it because Mm -hmm. I just I can't live like this and like you know Mm -hmm kids pick up on stuff too right yeah. like it doesn't even matter how old they are like the tensions and anxieties oh, you know sure and they, you're not able to enjoy your children you know right I just felt like a like two little ones a new baby and yes and you, you probably had a hard time really finding the joy in much of anything when you're feeling that way yeah and that was exactly I was like this isn't what motherhood should be I should right. be able to love, you know, well, you're supposed to love, right? Again, they yeah. say you should yeah. enjoy it, right? And so um, I started taking a, a low-dose Zoloft. And then I also started, um, I, I, I did some count, a few little counseling sessions, like, again, virtually, with a counselor, just to, like, kind of talk things out about how I felt. Um, and that was, and yeah, it was just, like, a really good experience, Um because I think what happened was with after my first time, first time around being a mom compared to my second, well, obviously the pandemic exacerbated that, but you know, it's just like, again, back to my quote, I knew a better me mentally and physically, you know, not the ups and downs, not having the crying or being so angry and rageful, mm. all of it, like, you know, the extremes, like a better me meant the whole house is going to run better. 
Yeah. And us moms, us women, we hold the ship together. Yeah. Well, you know, again, old saying, an old saying, but it's, you know, if mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. And and there's a lot of truth to that, right? Yeah. You're right. You're right. You are the leader of your household. Yeah. And, and, and that's just it. Like, I think, and it really made me realize it doesn't matter if you're out of the house working, if, or if you're a stay at home mom working, Mm. we hold it together, like, you know, and I just realized, oh my God, you know, man down, man down. Like if I go down, (laughs) if I go down, this ship will be sinking. And it's not to say my husband, my, I have a fantastic husband. He's Mm. very involved, great supportive partner, but I don't know. Women, we just, I don't know. We're different. Well, we, <laughs> we just we're more can... naturally have that role kind of of nurturer, but mm-hmm. you know, for a lot of women, whether you're working outside of the home, inside the home or both, um, typically you are the primary caregiver. Mm-hmm. If you have children, you are the primary caregiver for the most part. That's not yeah. saying there aren't, listen, I know there's men listening or like, wait a minute. I, <laughs> And I, I, I know that, but it's, mm-hmm. but it's a small, smaller percentage. So on average, um, it is the, the woman who, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it's the, interestingly, of course, it's the woman who has been through a physical massive shift, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're going through the physical shift, the massive shift, uh, mental shift, of course, the hormonal, like is fluctuations, all of that stuff. And I wrote something down that I believe because of everything that was going on in your life and (laughs) during a pandemic, um, it was definitely postpartum anxiety, but I think coupled with situational anxiety. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've heard that term or if the listeners have heard that term, but it's really when anxiety happens and it's not necessarily a chemical thing that's going on in the body. There's always a chemical thing. I'm always careful mm-hmm. to say this because, you know, when you're going through whatever, a trauma, a situation mm-hmm. that is causing high anxiety, things are going to shift in your body, right? There are hormones that shift, you you know, produce a greater amount of cortisol, um, and adrenaline. And then that, of course, affects the other hormones. So, so, but I think it sounds to me like for you, you were definitely in the depths of both of those things. What do you think about that? I, I, I agree. Um, yeah, I think it was just, yeah, there was just like so much that went on in 2020 and, um, yeah, it was just like, it just felt like one thing after another. And again, like, and I really think what started it, of course, was the, because my daughter was born a month, month mm-hmm. and a half ish before mm-hmm. the pandemic. So, you know, things kind of started boiling there when, mm-hmm. um, you know, when my, what I thought was my support that I, and it, and they weren't even pandemic related instant instances that they couldn't come and help. Right. right. Yeah. It was yeah. Just like, I'm like, oh my God flip and strike oh my gosh my grandmother is in hospital like oh mm-hmm. and you know and I'm like okay no we're we're out of the like we're out of the thick of the woods right and then yeah and then March happened and I'm like whoa I mean I'm not I mean the whole everyone was thinking whoa what's going right. on <laughs> right yeah but yeah it's like things kind of started simmering I want to say in mm-hmm. the end of January February but then you know by the time the summer came and we're like full-fledged pandemic mode 
and now I'm, you know, months into this, this nonstop having to be on go mode, you know, the pot was boiling over, so to speak. Of course. course. (laughs) And your body is still trying to adjust. Yeah. I mean, there's that as well, right? Yeah. There was like, yeah. And like I said, like in February, I'm literally like trying to wear a newborn in, you know, one of those stretchy sl- baby sling things. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. <laughs> and yeah. trying to keep up with my two year old because, right. And that was a whole different experience too, right? The first time around for the, the first um, materni- maternity leave, mm-hmm. it was just me and my son. So, yeah. you know, it was just one little human being I had to try and entertain yeah. and keep mm-hmm. fed and keep alive. So then right. once you bring it, and I mean, as you just said, too, not too long ago too, you have more than one child too. The second time around, you're like, oh my gosh, how you get, you know, and like he was too yeah. toddlerhood, get off the couch, do that. Well, I'm like, okay, hold on, just put, you know, I, and for I was sure. like, oh, you it's have double, to watch it's the double, iPad yeah, because double, I need to feed your sister. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I listen, I had, I just said I had all three of mine were three, uh, were C sections, and mm-hmm. my boys, my first two, are 21 months apart. And right. So (laughs) when I went in to have my second child, I, you know, they were uh, letting people go home a little faster. Um, Mm. But still back then you, you know, you could stay up to like five days. So anyway, (laughs) but I was doing really well. And I was, you know, managed through the surgery really well and, and uh, was healthy. And they came in on day three and said, you're feeling really well, you know, I think you might be able to go home tomorrow. And I just almost started crying. And I said, please, 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 can I stay an extra day? Just one more day? Like, just because I've got a 21 month old at home. (laughs) And and I knew because I thought, oh, no, 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 I'm not ready for this, right? Because I think it's it and they let me stay. Actually, (laughs) they were just able to at the time and I was Mm -hmm. in a semi private room and they didn't need it. So, so they were like, okay, we'll put down that you're still kind of healing. Yeah, (laughs) they were amazing. Um, But, you know, when you have one, it's hard enough. Mm -hmm. But if you're smart, you can nap when they nap or at least just sit down and rest right yes then when you have two or more <laughs> you know I don't know if people do it who have like a lot of kids we have three but my son and daughter by the time we had our daughter my um middle son was almost five oh. so so it was I was almost like that actually that was my best experience I'll be really honest with her because I you know third child I'm laid back and and, you know, the older ones were old enough that they couldn't mm-hmm. go and play on their own and they didn't need my attention. But wow, when you've got a two-year-old and then, you know, you've got a newborn baby and there's no rest and, no. and you don't have any supports. I think that's the most important thing that we can, if we can relay this to our listeners is, you know, if you're going through this and of course, during the pandemic, you didn't have any choice. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. for the longest time, you had to be in your bubble. I know my daughter had um, Ollie, and my listeners know lots about Ollie, mm-hmm. um, in September of 2019, but he had, you know, multiple things going on mm-hmm. and surgeries and so on. And, and um, you know, I was with my daughter every day, virtually through all of that. So by the time the pandemic hit, um, I was already, I was like his 
you know, third caregiver because mom and dad, of course, first and then. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to continue to be with them um, and help her, you know, as much as possible and all of that. But I heard from so many people, especially parents with young children saying like, I can't even have my mom come over. Like this is really, really hard. And like you said, it was much longer than anybody could have ever anticipated. So, so how did you come out of it? Like, how did you get through it? Um, well, I mean, I, I mean, for, and with my situation, I think trying to doing the count a little bit of counseling sessions here and there when I could, I mean, I went on the Zoloft, I kind of by January, what was it? Oh, so I started that in August, 2020. Um, I want to say March, 2021, I could definitely feel like a shift. I think Mm, I finally like I finally like a bit of like a fog or it didn't feel like to be honest I kind of just started self-weaning myself off the Zoloft um and I like I I don't know I just I felt I just started feeling different um yeah and I kind of just started gradually going off of it um and I think yeah just like with our situation like being able to finally have people to come and give us a bit of a break right (laughs) And, yeah, that's so and, important. Yeah, and you know, being able to kind of open up our bubbles a little bit here and there. Um, also, like, and I think for us uh, now, it's been much better because again, our bubbles now can. I mean, things are starting to lift a little bit more too. But you know, mm-hmm. things are starting to open up, mm-hmm. and I know it's like, um, you know, I know other parts of the world aren't as privileged as us to have these community resources. But it's so, it was almost like night and day, my experience of being mm. able to be at home with my son and being mm-hmm. able to go to early on, yeah. which is an amazing free resource in our, at least here in Durham. I don't know about elsewhere, right? Mm-hmm. Being able to go to the library and mm. do programs there, being able to go to mom drop-in groups where in like now, A, things were just not open or available but even now, well, I guess now things are starting to lighten up, but last year, early on opened, and I was like, this is going to be awesome, but even still, you know, like, you got to register, and, um, you know, limited numbers, yes, and whereas, again, I'm just used to the whole, you wake up as a mom, and you're like, oh, you know what, we're having a good morning, I'm just going to go to this drop-in today, right, yeah, such a great point, yes, you know, just even that alone, yeah, and, that's what gets you through for sure. Yeah. Because I wasn't out of the house working, I depended so much on those that's... programs to interact with adults. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? I remember, um, and Ollie had just finally been kind of through the worst of it with the surgeries and healing and, mm-hmm. and right before the pandemic hit. So in February, he had his last surgery and, and recovered well. That was his heart surgery. Um, and so Dana was my daughter, Dana was finally at a point where it's like, you know, we could join some mom groups and my niece, um, Angie, hi, Angie, if you're hearing this, <laughs> she had had a little baby boy, James, um, just, um, six weeks after Ollie was born. So they had, you know, thought, oh, we can do, and they had started to just do a few things sort of in between when Ollie could in the fall. Um, but you know, they were so looking forward to actually getting out and doing some mom and babe groups and, you know, all kinds of stuff that they were planning. And then of course the pandemic hit 
and it was really hard, you know, and, yeah. and like both of them were still in that postpartum kind of phase, right? Mm-hmm. Um, of needing to have, you know, not just the support, but for the kids, right? Is, you know, the socialization, yes. let's see, let's go meet with other moms who, and then you can, the, the beauty of these programs too, or even just if you have your own kind of friends, mom group or whatever, mm-hmm. is that you can talk about stuff and it's like, oh my gosh, I was up all night and he was doing this. I don't know. Is that mm-hmm. like, what are you guys going through it? You know, and you could talk, yeah. you have that extra layer of bouncing things off of each other. And when that gets taken away, you know, we're talking about postpartum, but, you know, or, or early, you know, your children's early years, but this is what has happened during the pandemic uh, for everybody, <laughs> you know, yeah. like your, your typical relief and supports and, mm-hmm. and even self-care. Did you do anything in particular as far as self-care that really helped you? Um. I mean, again, during the pandemic, it was so limited what you yeah. could like actually leave the house to go right. do. Right. Um, I definitely know that like now I'm like, yep, yeah, if like days like today where it's beautiful and sunny out, it's like, we need to get out. <laughs> like yeah. we are getting outside, getting some vitamin D, yeah. some fresh air that definitely helped. I mean, for me, sometimes I'm like, I'm going to go have a bath. And I'm going to go turn on music, whatever music I'm in the mood for, or a podcast or whatever, right? Turn it on. I'm like, drown them out. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, but just even. You need to do that. And now that like life is a little bit, I'm going to say, becoming more open and stuff. Like I, I, I I make, I, I book a massage at least once a month. Wow. That's great. I'm, I mean, I'm very fortunate again. We have benefits for that. But that's like, that's like one of my, my, my priorities. I was like, no massage, because again, like, you know, your, your body aches, (laughs) you know, like, and just relax. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. That's really great. And I think, you know, to leave our listeners sort of on a positive note, because I, I really wanted to do this because I know there's so many people suffering, and especially during this pandemic, having had children, you know, we call them COVID babies, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is, you know, we need to come up with a better term, I think, but you I know. get it. I get what yeah. they're saying. You know, you had your children during COVID times. Um, it's been very, very, very difficult. So it's important to, even if it's just five minutes, I, you know, my listeners are probably tired of hearing me on this, on this particular topic, but I'll keep saying it is that you've got to put yourself first. I, you know, if you mm-hmm. think about on an airplane and I've used this analogy many, many times in all kinds of talks that I do about self-care, but if you're on an airplane and they're explaining about the um, oxygen masks, when they come down, who do they tell you to put it on first? If you have children, they tell you to put it on yourself first, because mm-hmm. you can't take care of the other people in your life. If you're not taking care of yourself first. So really, really important. What are some parting words that you would like to leave our listeners with Ashley? Um, I, I really just like it's moms just need to look after themselves and don't think of it as selfish. It's not, you Good. have to look after yourself. And I think another thing too is stop comparing yourself to others especially this last two years whatever you're doing right now it's like it's more than enough (laughs) sometimes at the end of the day 
Are your kids happy? Are they fed? Yes and yes. Mm-hmm. You did a good job. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter Love if you just get out of your pajamas. It doesn't matter yeah. if you guys ate McDonald's Happy Meals for dinner. Like it doesn't matter yes. if you didn't get the monthly photos that you see other people posting on social media. It's just are you happy and are they fed? You yeah. you did a good job. It's enough. I love that. I love that. Because really, (laughs) at the end of the day, their basic needs are really very few. I mean, they, you know, you have to feed Mm -hmm. them and, and have a shelter for them, clothing (laughs) and love and love. Love is what is really most important after eating. Of course, they have to feed them. Um, (laughs) But yeah, if you're doing those things and you know what, we live in such a comparison society and we, this was a massive lesson for us with Ollie, right? Because he mm-hmm. does have developmental delays and I had to really, really pull on my own strength. And so did my daughter and son. It's like, you know, we can't compare him to mm-hmm. other kids, his age, he's got his own path and he'll yeah. get there, you know, but it's, it's his own route that he's got to take basically. And, and it's hard to do, but as moms, you know, that was, I think, what really contributed to my postpartum um, anxiety um, mm-hmm. was that I was constantly comparing myself because back in the day, way back then, and <laughs> even quite a bit after that, um, I was definitely a perfectionist and I and a con- bit of a control freak. And so I thought I could control all these things. And if I couldn't control it, I saw it as a weakness, as a failure. Um, and if things, if I wasn't being that perfect mom, you know, like you said, mm-hmm. the photos and the do this and the do that and it, right. Um, then I again, saw that as a, a personal failure and mm-hmm. I've done a lot of work with that and I'm certainly not sitting there anymore, but you know, when you're a mother and you look around and you, you know, media of course is the worst thing. So mm-hmm. I almost like want to say like, turn it off. Like if it, if you feel it's starting to affect you and that you can't shut down the, the thought processes or those little voices in your head, they're like, see, so-and-so's doing it. How come they can do it? Mm -hmm. Why would I feel this way? Because the truth is, I think most women go through this emotional roller coaster, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's just part of it. Yeah. Um, and for some, it is worse. And yeah. I'm so happy you reached out and got the help that you needed. And I want our listeners to understand that there is absolutely zero shame in that. As a matter of fact, I think it's more courageous to do that, to reach out, um, ask for the help, do what you need to do for yourself. And, um, and you, you know, like, and give it time. Like, this is the other thing is don't, expect a certain time like I should be feeling better by now I should be loving my children a lot more than I am by now or whatever right Mm -hmm. so it's kind of that old adage of honoring yourself where you are and getting the help where you need it and getting through right yeah totally and yeah, the comparison is like the worst, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that <laughs> don't go that's... on Facebook, don't go on Instagram. Yes. <laughs> and I, I guess like, and also real, I guess really quickly, you kind of touched on it too, and is definitely has been something that I experienced too. Is again, please don't judge C-section moms. <laughs> no, right? I, I felt I have totally have felt 
judgment or experienced uh. it and you know oh did you give birth naturally or did you have a section and I hate that and I'm gonna throw that out there hate it to me birth is birth and that's right c-section moms we are like in a category of our own and I yeah. wear my scar with pride <laughs> that's my life you know what <laughs> after I uh, like I was one of the first of my friends group kind of <laughs> to have children. And I had a lot of shame around the whole C-section again, mm -hmm. felt like a failure. I, what's wrong with my body that it, right. Truth was my kids just had big heads and, and they weren't, I have a small pelvis. That's just the way it is. Right. But I'll tell you once I, when I had my son and I was in hospital for eight days. So I was on that maternity ward for a long time. And I saw the suffering of some of the people who had their quote unquote natural birth. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad. <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> Cause I, I, you know, healed really well too, but, but, you know, it really got me thinking about, it's like, whatever, it's just as long as, and this is what I would say to people. Oh, I just got a little thing that my internet is unstable. Hopefully people are still hearing me. Um, <laughs> What, what I would say is, you know what, as long as the baby arrives mm -hmm. as well as possible, as healthy as possible, um, then it's all good. The way yep. you have the baby so is not the big thing. Yep. Here, right? At the end of the day, mom and babe need to be safe. And for sure. For sure. if that's what the outcome was, then yeah, that's, that's, yeah you do good. what you got to do. <laughs> yeah. So let's leave them with this, that, you know, your experience, whatever it is, is your experience and yeah. just do the best you can get the help that you need and there's lots of people out here for you ashley mm -hmm. thank you so much for this important mm -hmm. conversation i loved it and continued success to you and your new career <laughs> thank um you. if you need a mortgage reach out to <laughs> ashley <laughs> we will be we'll be posting your information um in the show notes okay and uh, thank you again thank you Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please subscribe or follow me so you don't miss a single episode. If you want to go deeper in your healing, you can book a free discovery session with me and learn more about my unique strategy to unlock the real you through my Unearth, Uncover and Unleash three-part system to discover and heal your past and present trauma and become empowered to live your best life. Go to my website, lifelessons.ca, or contact me directly at leah at lifelessons.ca to book your session. You can also find me on social media. My links are all on my podcast page. And while you're there, I would love it if you would leave a review, good or bad. I want to know how I can make this podcast just what you need it to be. And if you love it, I definitely want to hear that. You can also leave a review on whatever platform you are listening on. Until next time, grab some joy wherever you can. Bye for now.